praise in this place. Come on, why don't you lift your voices to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You are worthy, God. We exalt you. We exalt you, O oh God. Jesus, Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen, amen. It's a cool moment, eh? <laughs> I just want to honor Honey and Terewa. Uh, they've been a part of our, our church for uh, a number of years now, and Honey is pursuing his uh, dream to go into the police. And uh, this will be the last time they're kind of serving on team in this capacity uh, for this next season. Obviously, they're starting a family as well. So uh, we just want to say thank you and honor you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Take that gift and do something with it. <laughs> Very cool. Hey, this morning we start our new series, Manger to Majesty. And I want to talk this morning and uh, begin by asking how many people are aware of the love languages? The love languages. Uh, a few of you aware of the love languages. The different ways that we receive love and the different ways that we, we give love. Uh, love languages can be uh, a great thing and they can be a frustrating thing, depending on whether you're getting loved in the way that you like to be loved understanding them and how they're given and received, uh, if we can understand that in our relationships, I think it'll be very helpful. Um, For those of you who are not aware of it, uh, the love languages are acts of service, uh, words of affirmation or encouragement, uh, quality time, physical touch, and gift giving. So generally, we would give and receive love in these five areas. My primary love language is physical touch. I'm kind of a, if I hug you, I love you kind of a guy. So, you know, just being close in proximity and a hug, that's good for me, right? So that's how I'm wired. Amy, her, her love languages are acts of service, gift giving, words of encouragement, quality time. Physical touch is not her primary love language. In fact, I mean, we'll walk through the house and if I see her coming, you know, I will intercept her with a hug or a kiss or a squeeze. Amy, if we're hidden through the hallway, she'll give her the <laughs> Now, it's not that she doesn't like being hugged, but it's just not on her radar. That's not how she kind of thinks about it. It's all right. We, we're fine. Okay, don't worry. We're fine. There's plenty of physical touch. But, but in that sense, okay, that's not the way she, she gives it or, or receives it. And so, uh, we, you know, we're still working that out over 20 years, and we kind of worked out for it to work well. If Amy wants to share something with me, the very best thing she can do is come and sit down beside me, take my hand, put her arm around me, and she's got my full attention. So learning about these love languages, I think, are really important. But Christmas time brings up an interesting dynamic, doesn't it? Because you think Christmas Day, I don't know what Christmas Day looks like for you, but all of those love languages in operation, there's all of those people that want quality time kind of just spending, just hanging around, sitting down, talking, chatting. And there's the acts of service people in the kitchen kind of working away and doing all of that. And sometimes tension can, can kind of come up when it comes to this whole love language. And what, one of the things that, you know, Christmas becomes about is the gift. You know, it seems to be a primary thing that happens around Christmas time. And as I said you know, gifts are not really my, my big thing. I mean, I, I, I don't mind receiving a gift. I don't mind giving a gift, but it, it doesn't really do it for me. I, I, I made the, the mistake of suggesting that maybe at Christmas time we don't give gifts 
to my, you know, to um, to my mother-in-law, whose primary gift or love language is gift giving, and let's just say that wasn't the the best family meeting we've ever had. But I'm having to kind of just eat my own words this Christmas as I'm preparing the series because actually the gift giving is probably the greatest bit of it all. Because when I give my time to someone, I'm giving them an incredible gift. When I serve somebody, I'm giving them a gift of my service. You know, when I get close to somebody and give them a hug because they're they're not doing so well and put an arm around a friend and say, hey, it's all good, mate. I'm giving the gift of physical touch. And actually, all of it's about giving gifts, the gift of ourselves. And, and when we actually count the cost of giving a gift and when we realize what we're actually giving, we kind of go through that process of, well, how much is this actually costing me? And what I'm realizing is the greater the sacrifice, the greater the gift. And I want us to think around this this Christmas is that the greater the sacrifice, the, the more it costs me, the more significant the gift becomes. And as we go through the series, we're going to kind of do a little bit of a character study on, on three of the key players, from manger to majesty, where, where, these, where these, these people, Joseph and Mary, the shepherds, the wise men, they, they went through the process of giving gifts or, or, or being a part of the gift of Christmas. And we see the, the cost that was for them. We see the cost that was for God the Father as he gave his son. The cost that was for Jesus as he lived his life ultimately to be a sacrifice for each of us. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at the passage in John three sixteen. Now, if you've been around a sports field or a sports stadium, you've probably seen this on a sign on t-shirts. If you haven't been in church much, you probably have heard John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I, I, I like it the way it's, it's written here in, in the message version. It says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one of a kind, the son of God, when introduced to him. Would you pray with me this morning as we look at manger to majesty? Father, we thank you for the incredible gift, the unbelievable gift, the the priceless gift of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You gave it all so that we could have it all. And we're so thankful. And this month, we want to honor you by focusing on the, the, the cost of the sacrifice God, will we consider in our own lives, in our, in our relationships, in our business, in our school, in our friendships, would, would we consider the sacrifice that we could give in order to show love to somebody, to truly love somebody, to truly serve someone, to truly honor you in Jesus' name? Amen. So as we consider the lives of these, these people, I want us to, to think about the, the ultimate when it comes to life, 
what we're, what's life's purpose? You know, why are we doing what we're doing? Why do we exist? What is the purpose for why we are here? And I want to suggest that it's to know God, to have a relationship with Him. And the only way we can find that relationship with Him is first understanding who Jesus was, what Jesus did for us, the sacrifice He paid so that we could have life and relationship with God. So we're going to look at Joseph and Mary this morning. Joseph and Mary. And I want to look at the sacrifice of status. The sacrifice of status. If you want to follow Jesus, if you want to live a life for him, there's a sacrifice that has to be made when it comes to our status. Around people's opinions, around what others think about us, around what the world would say, I am. There's a sacrifice that has to be made if we want to live a life that would follow him and honor him. So we're going we're gonna to look in the, in the book of Matthew and we're led to believe Joseph and Mary were probably just teenagers. Some would say even as young as 14, maybe 15, 16, maybe a little older. They were in the betrothal period, the engagement period. They were getting married. They, they professed their love to each other. They said, we're going to commit to this. Now let's do the preparation for the marriage. Now, Amy and I, we dated far too young, but for whatever reason, that's the way God worked out. And, hey, we're here today, 20 years on, still doing pretty good. And, and so when we, when we fell in love, we began to, when I finally managed to ask the question and ask Amy to marry me, we started to plan the wedding. Or at least Amy's mom and her planned the wedding. And I said, yes, dear, you know, it, it works well. It's a good, it's a good thing. And so, so we were planning and we were so excited about it. And I can imagine what Joseph and Mary were going through. It's like, we're going to get married. This is awesome. Booking everything and, and getting every, everything ready for the ceremony and the celebration. All their friends knew it was happening. And then Mary finds out that she's going to have a baby. A little bit of a problem. A little bit of a challenge. And so, so this is where we pick the story up this morning, Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had a mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. She will give birth to a son. You were to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be caught with child and will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. From this passage, we see that there were a couple of things in this, this area of status that, that Joseph and Mary had to give up. They had to sacrifice in order to walk out this crazy plan that God was taking them through. I mean, just imagine it for a moment how crazy this would be. I mean, we've got the story. We understand it. We read it every Christmas. We, we understand what happened. But this is a first time in history kind of a moment that Mary and Joseph are involved in. Nobody is expecting this. Yes, there's prophecy, but really, come on, no one's really expecting this. The first thing that Mary and Joseph had to sacrifice was people's opinion. People's opinion. 
Verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. You got to understand this would have been a scandal. You know, times have changed. Things look a little bit different today. Not necessarily better, but, but certainly different. You know, for Joseph and Mary to, to find Mary pregnant, and they're not married yet. This was a serious offense to the point of stoning. They could, they, she could lose her life. Joseph could be in serious trouble here. And so remember, Joseph loves Mary. I, 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 you know, we, we see how the story is recorded, but can you imagine the conversation? I mean, really? Can you imagine the conversation? Hey, hey Joe, we've got to talk. I'm pregnant. And it's not you. And he goes, I know that. It's God. I, I mean, yeah. Amy came and told me that as we were dating and as we were engaged to be married and says, I'm pregnant and it's, it's, it's not you it's, and it's not anyone else's God. I'm, I'm going to struggle with that one. I'm really going to struggle with that one. And so, so Joseph, I think, as he was processing all of this with such an incredible love for Mary, says, well, the best thing I can do is maybe just divorce her quietly and, and, and just, just hope that this gets swept under the carpet because I want to do things right. He was worried about what people might think. And when we follow Jesus, that's something that we, we consider. We want to know what people will think if we're passionately sold out and living for Jesus. I don't like this about me, but I'm still a bit of a people pleaser. I still want people to like me. Any other people pleasers out there? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one really goes through life going, I, I can't wait for another dozen people to hate me today. We like it when people like us. It's just a natural part of who we are. And there's Joseph and Mary kind of torn with this, what do I do in this situation? So Joseph says, well, maybe we'll divorce quietly. You go your way, I'll go my way. And then maybe people's opinion, it'll go for a little while, but then maybe we can get on with the rest of our life. What happens when we make a decision to follow Christ? What will people think? What will people think when we when we're living a life differently to the way we lived before. I remember as a, as a young person, you know, I, I, I had that with, with my friends at school, people's opinion of me, following Jesus. I remember the lunchtime conversations, you know, the, the, the ridicule. It's like, you know, why didn't you come out of the party? It's like, no, no, just don't do those parties. It's all good. You know, what about your you know, girlfriend? You've got a, got a girlfriend. You must, you know, you're sleeping with her? I'm like, no, no, we're not, we're not sleeping together. We're going to wait until we get married if we get married. And I'm like, are you serious? Is that talking about all their conquests you know, over, over the weekend? And, and I said, no, this is a decision I want to make. I want to honor God and I want to honor whoever will be my wife one day. It's a different way of living. I said, well, what, what, how are you going to know if you're compatible? You know, how are you going to know? And I had a good answer for that one. I said, I'm prepared to take a lifetime working it out. And we're doing good. It's great. But there's a, there's a cost to following Jesus because we walk a different path to other people. We walk a path that, that says, actually, I'm going to love God. I'm going to serve people. It's a challenge that we have to have. 
Jesus, he, he lived a different life. He had a lot of people who had opinions on him, and he had that conversation. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. You, who do people say I am? What's the word on the street about Jesus? Well, Messiah, you know, you're the, you're the Messiah, you're a prophet, you're John the Baptist, Elijah, one of those. He says, yeah, yeah that's fine. That's, that's other people's opinion, but who do you say I am? What's the, what's the understanding? What's the revelation you're going to carry into the rest of your world? What will you build your life on? What's the truth you will know about me? Because he says, because on that understanding, I'm going to build my church. On that thought, I'm going to build my church, and the church will not fail. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. So Jesus had opinions about him, but he says, actually, it doesn't matter what anybody says or thinks about me. I'm going to live my life to honor God. I'm going to put him first in my decision-making. The second thought is that one, what we have to sacrifice is a normal life. When we choose to follow Jesus, we, we give up a normal life. When I say normal, it's the, the, the world, what the world would say is normal. Work hard, get rich, gain significance, retire happy. As Pete talked about last week. And there's nothing wrong with all of those things, but, but that's not the pursuit. Luke 2, 34 to 35, um, Jesus has been uh, dedicated at the temple. And Simeon, who's been waiting for, for years for Jesus to arrive, the Messiah to arrive. It says, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that it will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was something in Simeon's words that says your life is not going to be a normal life. What you're going to experience is, is an incredible pain at some point in your life. Joseph and Mary signed up for a life that was not normal. When we follow Christ, we sign up for a life that is not normal. So much better, can I tell you? So much better, but it's not normal. Because it's different. It's an attitude that says, I'm going to love, I'm going to serve, I'm going to lay down my life for someone else. My pleasure is not going to be in the things I get, but in what I can give. It's different. Just talking with someone this week who, who has, has just been so smart in their business. They're just they're turning money over at the moment. I love it. I love hearing business people who are good at what they do. They're turning money over and they're just sending it straight back into the kingdom to bless other people. I love it. They're not holding on to it for themselves. They've got a purpose which is far greater than their own wealth and their own riches. They are living their life so that they can be a blessing to others. I love it. I love hearing those stories. Mary's life was filled with joy, but as Simeon prophesied, there was going to come a day. There's going to come a day where her heart, her soul would be pierced. As the son she loves, the son who she's seen miracle after miracle take place, will be condemned to die a death that he didn't deserve to die. Have to carry a cross that was reserved for murderers and thieves. And an innocent man, his son, would have to carry this cross to Golgotha, be sacrificed, crucified. The most excruciating pain, the word excruciating, comes out of the root word crucifixion. The, the Romans, they knew how to torture people. And crucifixion was their greatest creation. That was what Jesus would have to go through and Mary watching her son. Come on, mums. The feeling that would be, your heart pierced. When we 
give our lives to Christ, when we follow Jesus, we give up a normal life. But can I tell you, the, the life that we get to live is so much better. When we can understand that our sacrifice actually can be a gift for somebody else. When we can give up something so someone else can gain something. And the difference it can make in somebody's life when we serve somebody, when we love somebody, when we pray for someone, when we go out of our way for someone, it makes a difference. There are people sitting here today who are far from God because one of you took the time to pray with someone, took the time to bless someone, go and deliver a meal, go, go across the office and say, hey, are you doing okay? Because I just get a feeling that, that maybe you're hurting right now. Can I, can I sit with you? Can we talk together? Can we pray? Can I pray for you? There are people here today, maybe you're here today because someone did that for you. It's not a normal life, but it's a great life. And as the team come this morning and I bring it to a close, I, I, I just love these two things about Mary and Joseph. They love God. They just love God. And they wanted to do what God wanted them to do. It's a simple life when we follow Jesus. We, we, we get away with him as often as we can. Jesus got up every morning and he, he went away and he just spent time with his father. Early in the morning, he would just go away, get away with God. And, and I think those conversations were, were quite simple. Hey, Dad, what's your plan for today? What do you want to do? Who do you want me to bless? Who do you want me to, what do you want me to do? And I, I think that we can live our lives with that simplicity. As we go through the Lord's Prayer, it's honoring God, acknowledging Him as our Father and, and honoring Him. And going through the things that would actually prepare our heart to be a blessing to someone else. We're talking about the sacrifice, the cost of a gift this morning. What's the cost we would be prepared to count this Christmas? I just get such a sense of urgency in my spirit that this is a month of the year where we just got to be a bit bolder. Not, not crazy, not stupid, but just bold enough to start a conversation that takes you into Christmas. Come on, everybody's frustrated with Christmas already. All right, people have been singing carols already far too early. The music's on, the lights are up. Everybody's sick of Christmas already, and we're, we're only the second day of December. But what if our conversation could turn it around? What if we could actually, our conversation is like, I love Christmas. I hate Christmas. I love Christmas. Can I tell you why I love Christmas? Because I get to remember something that is so important to me. Jesus. We're talking with friends. <laughs> you know, we've got an opportunity, an opportunity to share, to share the love of Jesus. But it might cost me. It might cost me my status, people's opinion. It might mean that it's not quite as easy just to walk through December because I'm waiting for that moment, waiting for that moment to have that conversation. I don't know, does anyone kind of, need a little bit more boldness to just to enter into that conversation we get a little bit nervous don't we sometimes oh, what will people think I don't know there's a lot at stake yeah kind of like the salvation 
I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be prepared to give up a little bit of me so that they could have a whole lot of Jesus. Come on, I, 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 think, I think I've got to count the cost and I'm not asking you to do something I'm not prepared to do. Right? I'm going to walk through this December with this thought. What is the sacrifice I can make? Can I free up a little bit of extra time? Give myself a little bit of margin to walk slowly through a supermarket rather than rushing. To allow somebody in to have my gap. <laughs> Funny, I'm, I made my, my friend in Bangladesh, a guy called Muhammad, he's, and we, we're kind of chatting away on Facebook, and he, he said, he, he put a Facebook post up there. He said, I went 450 kilometers in Dakar without using my horn. And he says, it is possible, people. Hashtag, get rid of noise pollution. Yeah. And I, so I was like, man, I agree with that. So I chucked the comment on there, and we're chatting away around this thing. And I said, it's possible, isn't it, if we care for others? A bit of a sacrifice, a bit of a cost. What's the cost I'm prepared to pay? Because you've got to understand that there's one who paid an ultimate price. He gave up his whole life. Jesus gave up everything so that we could have eternal life. I love this in Philippians 2, 5 to 11. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. In other words, Jesus let go of his status. He let go of what, what he wanted. He gave that all up so that we could have everything that we needed. It says, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. He, he lowered himself, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And this is what happened. Verse 9, it says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Maybe this Christmas we can loosen the grip on our status, loosen the grip on our reputation a little bit. Just say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm, I'm even not even going to consider that this Christmas, what people think about me. Now, I'm not saying we be blunt and obnoxious. But I'm saying, let's be bold and courageous and tell your story. Talk about what Jesus did for you. Maybe your testimony was Christmas time. Five, 10, 15, 20 years ago, somebody spoke to you. Tell that story. Be bold, be courageous, and you watch what God will do. If we would just simply live our lives, sacrifice our status for the sake of the message of Jesus. We've got friends that need Jesus. We've got family members who need Jesus. It's going to take a little bit of courage. But come on, let's walk with confidence because when God leads us, he's in control of the situation. Let's walk in obedience this Christmas. You know, maybe you're here today and, and, and you're asking the question, well, I, I haven't got a relationship with God. I, I don't even really know who Jesus is. Maybe I've heard the stories, but I don't really understand the significance of his life for my life. 
the, the gospel in, in summary is this. God created the universe and everything within it, created humanity, created mankind to walk in relationship with him. But sin got in the way. Sin is our selfish living, our selfish desires, where we want what we want. But when we can recognize the sin in our lives, recognize that we are destined to live a life eternally without God, because that's what the Bible says. All have fallen short of the glory of God, which means that we don't get to live with the privilege of knowing God as our Father until we make a decision to accept Jesus. And this morning, we want to give you that opportunity. Maybe for the very first time, you're going to say, I need a Savior to save me from my sins. Maybe you've been away from God and God's calling you home. Maybe you're here today saying, I've got to get my life right with God again. This morning, we're going to pray this prayer. We're all going to pray it together. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer. In faith, believe that God is hearing your heart. As you confess your sins to him, know that the Bible says your sins are forgiven. You start a brand new relationship with him this morning. With every head bowed, eye closed. Would you pray this prayer, all of us together? Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you, you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. Please forgive me for living life my own way. I acknowledge I've sinned and I ask you to forgive me. Please come into my life. I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer with every head bowed, eye closed, we want to help you on your next step in the journey. God's got a great plan for your life and you, you just need to walk it out step by step. If you pray that prayer, we want to get alongside you, not embarrass you, but get alongside you. If you pray that prayer, would you slip your hand up and say, that was me, maybe for the very first time or maybe you're coming back to God. Anyone here this morning, pray that prayer. Thanks, mate. That's so good. Awesome. Anyone else this morning saying, yes, I'm committing my life to God for the first time or coming back. Father, thank you for salvation. Thank you, God, for hearts that are turned to you. Lord, we, we rejoice and we celebrate because, Lord, one has given their life to you. God, what an incredible gift this Christmas to return to you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to hand you on to Amy this morning. Thanks, Mike. Wasn't that a great word? Such a challenge for us. And I just really believe, as, as Mike was sharing that, that if we um, just say yes, that God is going to set us up this December, that he is going to bring God-ordained opportunities and encounters, that we will be able to um, bless and love and smile and share what Jesus means to us. So I just want to encourage you that if you are praying and believing for some friends and family, I've got my, my next-door neighbor. Um, why don't you fill in a Connect card? Because we would love to get alongside you. There's a prayer request and a praise report area of this Connect card. You can fill it in and just saying, hey, I'm praying for, you can just say, first name, my neighbor, would you join with me? And we've got an amazing intercessors and prayer team here. We'd love to get alongside you because we're really believing that many more will say yes to Jesus this Christmas time. Amen.
Cool. And I and just as the team come, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings this morning. And please, if you're visiting, um, let the bucket go by at the end. This is for people that call our church home. And I just was reminded, um, just was visiting friends last night and um, she had a, a, um, a, a friend of her daughter's around and they were decorating their Christmas tree. And she had little stars um, that represented her children's names. And the friend said, why is there no star at the top? And um, uh, my friend said, oh, because that's where Jesus's star goes. He has the top place. And this, little, uh, this child said, who is Jesus? We have a mission field right here in Whangarei. There are children who don't know who Jesus is. The amazing gift that was given, the Son of God gave his life so that we could have life. Yeah, people far from God would be raised to life in Christ. That's what I'm believing for this Christmas time. And I want to thank you for your giving and your generosity. Um, It makes such a difference. How amazing we can put on our Christmas production for free. You can bring your friends and families and your neighbors into this place and we will host them and love upon them and just really believe that God's going to do something very special this Christmas time. So I'm just going to pray and we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. Father God, I just thank you that you so love the world that you gave your one and only son, Jesus, as a gift, Lord, that we would not perish, but that we would have eternal life in you. So Father, we thank you for the generosity Father, we pray that what is given today, Father, would have such eternal benefit and reward in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, we're going to stand. We're going to sing. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings. You can pop your Connect cards in at this time too, or there's a Connect box at the door. And uh, we're going to praise our, our Lord Jesus this morning. Thanks, guys. I was lost with a broken 